I'm in a series called Devotion, and I'm finishing it today. It's not really a series you can finish. It just continues on at a later time. But one of the things when I founded Metroplex Family Church, which will be now in our 18th year, the mission of Metroplex Family Church is all about one word. It's called relationship. Relationship is very important to me. First of all, a relationship, you having a relationship with God and a relationship with others. Again, church to me has been defined sort of as, uh, you know, churches today are more like Disneyland, and Walt Walt Disney created this uh, fantasy where you come into these facilities and you're enamored by all this lighting and production and how big the church is and all they can offer. Those things are good, but I'm more like Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers endeavored to have relationship. He built a neighborhood. I'm interested in building a neighborhood of believers, people that are devoted to, first of all, to the Lord, because knowing the Lord is the answer to everything in life. When you know God and walk with him and learn to walk with him, which is my mission, my purpose as a pastor, not to be famous, not to have the biggest church. A lot of times when I'm in ministers' meetings, uh, two things that always come to me is, and and again, it's just pastors and the way they are, ministers the way they are. They want to know how big your church is and how much income is coming in. And you know what? That's not my mission. My mission is how many people can we disciple? How many people can I get devoted to a relationship with God? That's my success. And you know, if you'll concentrate on that, then everything else will line itself up. Because if you have a healthy, growing relationship with God and to know him, life is better. Life is more peaceful because Satan's going to throw everything he can at you. And if you don't think we're not living in the last days, then just cut on the television for about five minutes, get a good dose of it, and you'll realize we are in the last days. You say, Pastor Brian, wasn't World War II worse than this? I don't know. I wasn't there then. We're here today, and we're just going to keep moving forward. But my mission as a pastor is, is simply this, is to get you into a very healthy, growing relationship with God, and to do that, we, we work with one another, we, we hold each other accountable, and being devoted to God is captured clearly here in Ephesians, Luke chapter 6. Notice what it says here, Luke chapter 6, verse 46. This, to me, captures just about everything that I could say about how I see people and what I want for your life. Luke chapter 6, verse um, 46 says, why do you call me Lord and do not do the things which I say? Hello. <laughs> verse 46. Whoever comes to me, this is Jesus speaking, and hears my sayings and does them, I will show him to who he is like. Now watch this in verse 48. This is the picture of a devoted believer. He says, he is like a man or a woman building a house who dug deep. Everybody say deep. Dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. So what are they doing? They're digging deep. They're laying the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose or when problems arose or life's pressures arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and it could not shake it for it was what? Founded on a rock. It had a foundation. It had a devotion to God, a relationship with God. And that relationship with God is greater than being a a church where your pastor is famous. And there's nothing wrong with pastors being well known. There's nothing wrong with big churches. There's nothing wrong with all the ministry that goes forth. And we want that here and we'll do that over time. However, I want you to know from my heart, my heart is simply this, 
for you to have a deep, solid foundation where you're not shaken when the storms of life come. That when things come at you and when problems hit you from the right or the left, your, re your reaction, your response is to have a foundation in devotion to God. Because it says in verse 49, he who heard and did nothing is like the man or woman who built a house on the earth without a foundation, which against the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And watch this. And the ruin of that house was great. And that's where a lot of believers are today. They want to go to heaven, but they have no foundation. They have no relationship with God. They have 911 prayers, or they'll call me. I'm more accessible than most pastors. And again, it's just my nature. And by the way, it's, you say, well, you're, you're not, your church is not bigger than so-and-so. I was a part of a large church for five years. I worked there, and um, I was reflecting on some pictures I was looking at last night at that church I worked at for, for five years. And we were nearly 3,000 people. And back there in the 80s, that's a large church. It's a large church today. 3,000 people. However, Pastor Steve Vickers created a dynamic within the church staff, within the team of ministry, and he wanted us to be a personable church. That means that we divided it up among our elders, we divided it up among our team ministry, and we were able to pastor people individually and personally, and that has always been an influence on my life. Of course, my pastor, Harold Nichols, was very personable. And again, that's my mission, is to be a person that drives you to a place where you're building a solid foundation because when life's hitting you and life does come and when problems come and pressures come, how do you respond and react? You're devoted to God and God's peace will get you through every one of those situations. I have found it. I have found, thank you so much for that. Amen. And Psalm 91, here's something that I have truly found in my life on as a devoted believer, personally and individually, and it's something I want to bring to your attention. Psalm 91, I can't read the whole psalm right now, but I encourage you to read it. But in verses 14 and 16, this became a revelation to me many years ago, and this is just the way I live my life. And I want to give you sort of a snapshot of how I approach this and what comes forth out of me. And if you're in a relationship with me or any kind of place of influence from me in my position, this is where I am. Psalm 91, notice what it says in verse 14. Again, this is a beautiful psalm. If you've not read it, please read it over and over. It's so encouraging, but it's so powerful. Verse 14 says, Because he or she has set their love upon me, therefore I will deliver them. Notice that. Because you set your love, your devotion upon me, I will deliver them and I will set them on high. Notice that. I like that. That means set you above the problems, the pressure. You know, again, pressure and problems are going to come. There's no way to escape it. You say, Pastor Brian, I want a perfect utopia. That's never going to happen. I wish it would. When you go to heaven, that's going to happen. But on the earth here, we've got an enemy that does three things. What does he do? He steals, kills, and destroys. And we just got to be aware of that every single day. And we just have to fight the good fight of faith and stand devoted to God because I promise you, devotion to God will bring you through these problems and these pressures. But look what it says when it says, I will set him on high because he has known my name or understands who I am or who he is in Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Verse 15, he will call upon me or she, both he or she will call upon me and I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. Isn't that good news? I will deliver them and honor them and bless them. And look at verse 16. I will what? Give them long life and satisfy them and show them my salvation. Isn't that good news? God's promise is long life. God's promise is satisfaction. And notice what it says here. I like 
like the end of that verse, and I will show them my salvation. That doesn't mean just eternal life. God can save us in the midst of this world system. Isn't that awesome? I mean, think about it. All the pressure, all the problems, everything the news media is telling you, and all the collapse of society, all the things that are happening politically, and all those questions, which sort of are a cycle that continually happens anyway. You know, I mean, one thing you look at that repeats itself continually is what? Fear, the control of man, political things. I mean, it's, it's just a cycle, whether it was in World War II, whether it was the Korean War, where it was this or that. I mean, it's always happening. But notice what he says. He will satisfy us with what? Salvation. He will be our source of deliverance. Isn't that awesome? But go back to that verse, verse number, number 14. It says, because they've set their love upon me. Ladies and gentlemen, that's my heart is to get you to set your love upon the Lord because being devoted to the Lord is the greatest thing you could ever do in this life. When you're devoted to him and you set your life to him, I promise you and I guarantee you things will always work to the better. There are three areas I just want to share with you briefly that are foundational to me in my personal devotion and everything we endeavor to do here at Metroplex Family Church. And number one is simply this, you hearing the voice of God's word. Notice that phrase there, hearing the voice of the word of God. Number one, don't ever forget this. This is so true. The Bible is God speaking to you. The Bible is God speaking to you. If you want to hear from God, you just read this book out loud, and that's him speaking to you. Yes, I know it's a book of theology, eschatology. There's history to this. There's a lot of things to this, especially the Old Testament. But let me encourage you in this. If you've never read through the Bible, please make this year a year where you do that. You say, Pastor Brian, I have tried to read the book of Leviticus and all that. I just can't go through some of that stuff. It loses me. I understand. I've got a suggestion for you. Don't start there. Start in the New Testament. Read the New Testament beginning in Matthew and take a journey. And when you get to the book of Jude, then you can step off in the book of Revelation maybe or get ready to step in the book of Revelation. But go on a journey and read the New Testament. And read the red in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Pray for the power, as they say. But seriously, if you've never read through the Bible, we at Metroplex Family Church have a reading plan. There are several that you can Google out there. Find a plan and start with the New Testament. Read it out loud, or you can just read it to yourself, or you can go through someone having it read, read to you. Whatever, but get the Word of God inside of you through this reading and understanding, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Synoptic Gospels, then move to Romans, then to the great book of Acts, excuse me, and then to Romans, and then start moving into the epistles, and you'll get a revelation of God speaking to you and how Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament in the New Testament, and this Apostle Paul was an awesome man of God that wrote the New Testament. And he did not know the Lord. I know a lot of people think that the Apostle Paul walked with the Lord. He did not. He didn't have any kind of a physical association with Jesus. He came after him. As a matter of fact, he was walking completely away from the Lord and, and persecuted the church. And then he became a believer. And then he entered into the ministry. And God used him mightily as captured in the book of Acts throughout the entire New Testament. And if you've never been on that journey, read the New Testament. The next thing is simply learning how to memorize Scripture. 
This is not a Baptist doctrine. This is not a Pentecostal doctrine. This is a Christian doctrine. Every single one of us need to learn how to memorize scriptures because when you put scriptures inside of you, you begin to change your thinking. And your thinking goes from stinking thinking to positive thinking. Can I get an amen on that? <laughs> Joshua chapter 1. This is when the Lord spoke to Joshua to take over the nation of Israel from Moses, as you read in Joshua chapter 1. And I want you to hear, I mean, these are God's words to, to Joshua, ladies and gentlemen, about leading and being the leader of the nation of Israel. You're talking about a strategic time in this man's life. And this is God's command to him. And God is not just just saying, hey, you need to read my, my covenant to you. You don't just need to speak my covenant to you because it's a good idea. It's life-changing. If you want your life to change this year, the greatest way to do that is to get the voice of God speaking into your life. If you want change... If you've got areas that you want work to work on, and listen, join a gym, get a dietitian. I mean, all kinds of counsel, all kinds of coaching, and all kinds of encouragement. Hey, I'm all for that. But if you really want to change, if you really want to see a marked difference in your life, then do what it says here in Joshua 1.8. The Lord spoke to, Moses, I mean, to Joshua after Moses left and said these very words. Listen to this. He says, the book of the law, I'm talking about the word of God, shall not depart out of your what? Everybody say mouth. The word of God shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it, what, day and night, which means be consistent, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. Watch it. You're, you're looking to see what it's saying. And look, here's the promise. It says, when you do this, you will make your way, what? Prosperous. And then it, and then it adds a beautiful statement. And then you'll have good success. Isn't that awesome? I mean, we want that in our lives, don't we? We want to have a prosperous journey. We want to have good success. I like that word, good success. It doesn't say just have success. It means good success. And to have prosperity, a sense of accomplishment, a sense that what you put your hand to is better than it was but prior to you putting your hand on it. All because you do what? You don't let the word of God depart out of your mouth. You say, Pastor Brian, I don't know how to do that. I am so glad you asked because hearing the voice of God's word is putting God's word first place in your life and final authority. But number two, I want to teach you how. Well, let's go to the book of Romans and then we're going to go to this next. The book of Romans, let me show you. I'm going to show you an example of this in Romans chapter 2. And they can go ahead and get the Passion Translation. I'm going to read out the New King James. Romans 2, 1 and 2. Notice what it says here. Let me get this is what Joshua, what God told Joshua here about getting this word of God in your mouth and meditating it in your heart. Romans 12, 1. What does it say? It says, I ask you by the mercies of God that you present your body or your mind a gift to God, wholly acceptable, which is your reasonable service. And notice verse 2. And don't be transformed by the, and, excuse me, and be transformed and do not be, I'm, scared, I'm sorry, let me do that again. And do not be conformed or like this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I love that. Don't be like the world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we're going to show you how to do that in a powerful way that you may prove. Everybody say prove. Prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here it is in the Passion Translation. By the way, if you don't have the Passion Translation, you can get the app for that on your phone or, or Google it on your, te on your technology device there. And it's an awesome version of the Word of God. It said, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be a saved 
sacred living sacrifice. What does that mean? Not to die for the Lord, but to give yourself to him and to live in holiness, separation, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine worship, your expression of worship. Verse number two. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Hello. But be inwardly. Everybody say inwardly. Inwardly transformed. How? By the Holy Spirit. And by the way, who wrote the Word of God? The Holy Spirit. He's the author. Who lives inside of you? The Holy Spirit. What, what a great connection. And there, God awesome. He put all this together for you to live in the greatest generation. On a side note to that, a lot of people say, oh, Pastor Brian, I wish I could be back and walk with the Apostle Paul and the disciples. Pastor Brian doesn't. I love my Venza. I love air conditioning. I really like my cell phone. It's easier for me to communicate with all of y'all through a cell phone, okay? I was watching somebody today, the other day in a movie using a rotary phone. Can you imagine using a rotary phone? My kids would look at a rotary phone like a calf at a new gate. Like, what in the world is that? Where you spin the thing, y'all remember that? Go, I mean, thank God for what we have today now. And some of you, you know, you're a little ticked off. I mean, the other day we were at my parents' house and my niece, who's 16 years old, oh, oh my gosh, I saw the ultimate meltdown for this generation that's behind me. She's 16 years old. We had to, we had to unplug and move some things my mother wanted to move. And uh, we had the internet shut off for one minute. She came out of that room, looked like she was on fire and uh, because the internet was shut down for an entire one minute. I'm thinking, oh my Lord Jesus, oh Jesus, help us in this generation that we need to, anyway, I better move right along, that's all I'm going to say about that. One single minute, I mean, she busted out of that room like she was a woman on fire. I think, what's wrong with you? She said, where's the internet? Where's the internet? And her hands started shaking like she's on drugs or something. You know, you can lay that phone down for a little bit. It will not hurt you. Pastor Brian, you're meddling. No, I'm not meddling. I'm wanting you to hear the voice of God because it says right here, you didn't think I, you thought I lost my place. I'm coming right back to it. <laughs> you're transformed by the Holy Spirit through total reformation of how you think and how you think God's way is better than how you think according to this technology. Nothing wrong with technology. I thank God we're reaching a lot of people through technology. But notice, this kind of thinking, this transformation will empower you to what? Discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. That's my heart for you, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I want, to you to hear the voice of God's word. You say, Brian, I've never heard the voice of God. If you read this book out loud, you're hearing his voice. This is his voice speaking to you. Number two, I have something I call praising prayer. What does that mean, Pastor Brian? Praising prayer is simply something I do every single day. Every single day, I go through this routine of scriptures. I use uh, God's Creative Power by Charles Caps. That's a booklet I've been using since I became a believer back in 1983. And there are other resources. What it is, it just simply takes the scriptures and puts it in first person and where you're speaking in. And what I do every single day, this is non-negotiable with me, as I call it praising prayer, is I simply just speak the word of God in first place because defeating worry is speaking God's peace over your life. If you won't worry, and anxiety to have a step backwards from your life, then you've got to speak peace over your life. 
Because your mind is going to continue processing that worry and that anxiety and those problems. But when you speak God's word over your life, it changes situations. Peace to me comes from speaking God's word every single day. It's something that I do over you. It's what I do over my family. Uh, Here's something. This is an example of something I have actually just done every single day now since 1983 in defeating worry by speaking God's peace over my life. I say this every day, and I say it over us. I say, uh, we are the body of Christ, and Satan has no power over us. We overcome evil with good. We thank you. Notice these words right here. We thank you, Father God, that we have overcome Satan, because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Notice what I'm saying here. I'm thanking him. I'm not asking him. I'm not begging him. I'm just thanking him. I want to thank you that I will fear no evil, for you're with me. You'll never leave me nor forsake me. I just want to thank you for your presence in my life. Number The next one, I like this. I am far from oppression, and I thank you that the peace of God controls my mind. I want to praise you and thank you today that no weapon formed against me or my family or this church family will prosper and be successful because we are the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Here's a good one. This is, this is something I do every day based on uh, Psalm 91. I want to thank you that we are delivered from the evil in this present world. And I want to just praise you and thank you that no evil befall me, neither shall any plague or calamity or tragedy come near our dwelling. For you, for you, Lord, have given your angels charge over us, and they keep us in all our ways, and our pathway is peace and life. You hear what I'm doing? I'm thanking him. I'm simply thanking him and praising him. Instead of my prayer time being a time of complaining or griping, I'm just praising the Lord. I don't come in to my relationship with God every day and start asking. I enter to this place of praising him. And this is the way I do Yes, you can put on music. Yes, you can praise that way. But I take the scripture that he's given me, this covenant, and I take it back to him in first person and say, Lord, here's what I am thinking. And I'm thinking about you and what you promised to me. And your promises are so powerful. And I just want you to know how much I love you and what you said about me I believe and receive from my life. And then you go through other parts of the scripture. I mean, there are other aspects of this. Uh, I like this specifically. Here, let me get back to it. This is really good. Here, watch this. Where it talks about, hold on, let me get to this one section. There's, there's so much in this. I like this. It says, I'm an overcomer, and I overcome by the blood of Jesus and the word of my testimony. I thank you that I'm submitted and devoted to you, and Satan flees from me because I resist him in the name of Jesus. And you can also quote the scripture reference. Sometimes I do that. And finally, I'll say this, the word of God is forever settled in heaven. Therefore, I establish the word of God upon this earth in my life. And here's one that I pray every day. It's Isaiah 54, 13. Great is the peace and the prosperity of my children. Ladies and gentlemen, when you begin to praise God and thank him, it sets the peace of God to do three things. It guards, guides, governs, and actually goes forth before you. Isn't that awesome? But if you get to a place and you're praying and you're just worrying and, and just rehearsing the problem and just, just, you know, being frustrated and agitated and say, God, you need to change this and you need to do this and I wish this person would change and why are you doing this and why, why did this happen and that? Listen, that's not really praising God. That's not taking this covenant Bible that we have, this, the word of God, this covenant we have. That's speaking more the problem than rehearsing the fear and nursing it instead of releasing peace 
and power. I'm telling you what, ladies and gentlemen, when you get to that place when you're rehearsing the promise more than the problem, then the peace of God will come. The next thing is I call people prayer. And again, we'll talk more about prayer outlines in the days ahead. But in the book of Ephesians, this is something I pray over the church every day. What do you mean by people prayer? I pray this over you scripturally every single day. Notice what it says here in Ephesians chapter 1. Listen to this. And I encourage you to do the same thing. If you've not, again, read the book of Ephesians, please, this is an awesome promise. What it says here in Ephesians 1 verse 16, it says, do not, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Notice that verse, seven, verse number 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would do what? Give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Notice that, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. What does that mean, Pastor Brian? I'm wanting for you to be able to see the Word of God, see the covenant promises, but also to see what God's plan is for your life, to understand what He's called you to do, to know that you know that you know what you're supposed to be doing and know that you know that you know that you know what you're not supposed to be doing, right? And it says right here, notice what it says here. It says what? It says that the eyes of your understanding, verse number 18, I'm reading out of the New King James. It says, and the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you would know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. In verse number 19, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? Ladies and gentlemen, for your eyes to be open. Sometimes we have just tunnel vision, but when we're, we get into this practice of devotion with God, he will open the eyes of our understanding as we trust him to do that. Over in Ephesians 3, here's another prayer. Notice what it says in Ephesians 3, verse number 15. Or verse number 14, it says, I humble myself before the, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Verse number 16, that he would grant to you according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened. Everybody say strengthened strengthened or empowered from the inside. What does that mean, Pastor Brian? It says that the Holy Spirit would dwell in your hearts through faith, you being rooted and grounded in love. I mean, to see you strong on the inside. When you put your relationship with God as priority one, when you're devoted to him through these things I'm talking about, you will. this inner person will be stronger than the outer person. And when the inner person is stronger than the outer person, then you can handle pressure and problems. And that's one of my missions and our missions here at Metroplex Family Church is to help people get strong on the inside. Because when you're stronger on the inside, then you can fight what's on the outside. For example, I, I minister to people at uh, different areas of my life as far as outside the church. And there was this lady a while back who at the cleaners that I go to over off where I live, she, uh, she knew that I was a pastor and all that. But it, it's just the fact that I you know, express kindness and, and sincerity in people's lives. And I've reached out to her several times and uh, just let her to know if she needed anything. Well, one day I was in there dropping my clothes off. She said, she said, Brian, and she was crying. I mean, she was just, I mean, I could tell she was upset. And I said, well, what's going on? She said, I just wanted to let you know I got the results back on this test and I, and I have breast cancer. And I said, okay. And she said, I'm so scared. I'm in so much fear. And so I said, I completely understand that. And um, so I said, well, I said, let me do this for you. Instead of just telling you I'm going to pray for you, I said, let me go back to our church facility and, and let me look at some materials and let me order some materials for you. And I'll get that back to you. But I said, here's my number and here's my card. I said, you call me if you need anything. Well, she called me even later that night. She said, I'm just dealing with fear. So I sent her some scriptures on the peace of God that I have and a whole section. So I sent that to her and I said, listen, three things you've got to do. Number one, 
one, to speak to fear, you've got to speak faith. I said, number two, you've got to immerse yourself in the promises of God, that God wants you healed. It's not God's will at, you know, 50 years old, is basically her age, that you die of cancer. And I said, number three is, I said, you have got to fight the fight of faith. And you have got to press in and be devoted to God. I said, if you'll do these three things, I'll help you and we'll help you. I said, do you have a local church? He said, well, I sort of go to this church over in, in, um, over in Alvarado, way over this, what they call a cowboy church. I said, great. I said, well, then you need to get focused. You need to talk to that leadership team and they need to be in prayer and agreement with you. I said, okay. And so I began to start, I mean, she was calling me every day. She was battling fear. I mean, you know, can you imagine that? I mean, because she had a family member that died of cancer. So, I mean, you know, all that's knocking on the door of her mind. And so she began to develop this process. And so, uh, man, I'd just take Sheila's clothes. I'd take Pinkerton's clothes. I'd take anybody's clothes over there just to go to the cleaners, <laughs> just to check on her anyway. And so I kept checking on her. You know, I just sort of said, Lord, this is, a, this is, this is who I am. If I can get people devoted to God, focused on him and not on fear and trust him and do what they're supposed to do physically, I mean, there's some things she needed to do. First of all, she was smoking. I said, listen, you know, you better stop smoking. So that's the first thing she did. Oh, she called me about that. She was mad as a hornet about that because she said, I can't stop doing that. I said, yes, you can. She called me up one day. I heard all this smacking. I said, what is all that smacking on the phone? She said, I'm chewing this nicotine gum or whatever, and I'm chewing the hell out of it because I want to smoke a cigarette. I said, okay. I said, all right then. I said, okay, here we go. I said, you can do it. Okay, you can do it. She said, well, I'm, I'm afraid if I choose food that I'm going to get big as a barn. I, 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 she was a thin lady. I said, trust me, she, you're, you're going to be just fine. So we kept walking this process out week after week after week after week, and she become, she got now again this was a process everybody say process this did not happen overnight it was not a miracle I mean it literally took week to week to week to week we're talking about an entire almost two years we'll say a year and a half more technically we'll say around 15 to 16 months okay it was a process but she became devoted to God and it became to the point where instead of her calling me in fear, she was beginning to text me over the process of time. She lived on this farm. She's a sort of a country girl, and uh, she loved milking the cows and all this kind of stuff, and I was all for that. Anyway, she got out there. She found her a place out there near this second barn ahead, and that was her place of seeking God. And she was taking these scriptures, and she was going through this in booklet that I gave her and some other materials that I've gotten for her. And she was renewing her mind. She was renewing her mouth. She was attacking it by, with faith in God. And she was doing some other things in the natural that she needed to do. And ladies and gentlemen, the process kept working. Month after month. I mean, it was slow, but it was progressive. And as of this week... And she has been entirely the month of all, I mean, of the entire month of, I mean, the entire year of 2022 this year, she is completely cancer-free, no trace of cancer in her body. To God be the glory, completely healed. I mean, completely made and restored new. And the last I heard, she was going to get some implants. And she said, them, them men are going to start chasing me. So pray that I can keep all these men off. <laughs> so I was like, whatever. I got nothing to do with that. So anyway, th that's just a side note. You'll get that later on. So you'll figure that out later on. But anyway, I thought that was funny that she, not, she had renewed her mind, gotten the victory. And now she was going to, what, what was stolen from her, she was going to have restored to her as far as her physical 
physical appearance, but her whole mentality had changed. And now she's getting ready to go back to work completely in this particular job, as well as the farm situation is accelerated for her. Things are working for her. You know why that happened, ladies and gentlemen? Because a person decided to take devotion to God, not just to save their lives, but to change their lives. You can get in a 911 situation. You can run to God, and you can sure run to me, and I will help you. But when you get that devotion, solid as a rock, as God told Joshua to do, as Paul the apostle encourages us to do, when you get that strengthening on the inside, ladies and gentlemen, like this precious woman Robin did, yes, it doesn't come necessarily overnight. I wish it would. But when it comes, it's solid, it's strong, and now you're steady. And guess what the most beautiful thing of this story is? The most beautiful thing, she is going and helping others. That blesses me more than anything, to go and turn and help others. Because one of her final conversations with me, Pastor Brian, there's a lot of women going through this. And I told her this. I said, you know what? They're going to go through this with them, you, you speaking to them, not just them hearing me. They hear from you as a one who's gone through this. You're going to be a minister of this area and help these precious women overcome this thing that Satan throws at them, this dark disease that comes knocking on their door. Is it demonic cancer? I believe it is. But whatever the situation and whatever it happened, all I know is this woman is not a statistic in the negative. She is a testimony of God's glory in the positive. And it all became, in my opinion, because of life devoted to God. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for what you did for us. Yes, you bore sin in your body so that we could be free from sin. But you also bore sickness and disease that you paid a dear price to redeem us, spirit, soul, and body. And we thank you that we can have a testimony of devotion to you, that we can experience your love and joy on this side as well as on the other side. And so I pray for every person in this auditorium, for those watching that may be dealing with a sense of burden and loneliness and frustration and not knowing how to jumpstart or how to engage in their relationship with you. I pray a stirring. I pray an actual awakening that they would want to spend some time with you every single day and walk by faith and not by fear to put your word first place and final authority in their lives, to know that you're a good God and that your power is available to us as believers, that we are not hopeless, but we're a people of hope, that we have faith in you that moves mountains. And I'm thanking you for stirring hearts and stirring minds and changing hearts and changing minds and changing bodies as we seek first your kingdom, your way of doing and being in Jesus' name. I pray for every person on the sound of my voice right now that's never made you the Lord of their life. They've never truly committed themselves. As the song says, may they surrender all. May they come just as they are to you, Lord Jesus, the answer for everything that we need in, these li in our lives. In your name we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here at Metroplex Family Church. Again, I want to encourage you. These resources we have are available at metroplexfamilychurch.com. If you need information on this kind of booklet called God's Creative Power, let, let me know or contact us at metroplexfamilychurch.com or anyone in this auditorium. I want to get these resources to you. They are powerful tools and weapons. By the way, a weapon will never work for you if it just sits on the bedside or in a table or somewhere in your house. It's got to, you got to use it as a weapon, ladies and gentlemen. 
This book is a powerful book. And studying it is not just something I do to check off every, every day. Studying it and reading it and, and approaching it like I do. I read through the Bible all the time, every day, and, and reread through the Old Testament as well as listening to it because I want to understand more and more. There's things I'm learning. I go back and, and change things that I thought I was preaching that were accurate. You know, again, I don't really get off into false doctrine necessarily. And uh, I, I keep a pretty balanced situation as far as what I teach and, and communicate from this position. But there are things I'm learning and growing. I'm a student in this not because I'm a pastor, because I'm a believer. I'm a believer first. I'm devoted to God first, whether I'm doing this as a pastor or whether I was doing something else secular-wise. I do this because I love Him, and I know that His power is life-changing. And even though we go through problems and situations, we don't always understand things. I'm telling you what God is, we seek Him through devotion. He'll reveal to us always the answer. This past weekend, doing my dad's homegoing service, I mean, it was such a beautiful time of just hearing stories about him. People that came and was with us at the funeral home and prior to the service and, and hearing these friends of my dad share these stories, things I've never heard about him. And then even some people publicly sharing a couple of things I've never heard before. Yes, there's things I've heard before. There was new things and God doing beautiful things. Because you know what? I refuse just to get into grief and to selfishness and say, well, it's all about the fact that I miss him. Yes, I miss him. Yes, I miss their presence. Yes, I miss their life in my life. But also, I begin to take a, a different approach to this situation compared to anything else ever I've been to. I started focusing more on heaven. I started thinking about heaven and how real it is and how people that have gone through a sickness or a disease that suffered or had to deal with that and didn't necessarily get their healing and they left the, that spirit, left that body, went on to be with the Lord. They're, they're better now. They're healed now. Life is better. Of course, I had a dear person I went to high school with passed away on the very day I was doing my dad's uh, service and buried right near my dad. And what a sad thing. I mean, to be my age. And, and, and just, you know, in the middle of their lives. But all I know is this. I trust God. I seek the Lord. And I know that everything's going to work out because I'm devoted to Him. And I want you to be devoted to Him. Listen, I don't know where you are in your personal relationship with the Lord, but I want to encourage you with this. Press towards Him. Don't run from Him. He is the answer for everything you need. And if you don't have an answer right now, I promise you, if you'll seek Him, you'll get an answer. I had one of the greatest miracles happen this week. With the weather, I mean, it was 70, 80, near 100% chance of rain on the day of my dad's funeral. And I did not want to be in the rain doing that. As a matter of fact, everything inside me said to bring the umbrellas from the church and prepare for that, you know, and just deal with that. And, of course, you can just deal with things when they happen. You know, if it's raining, you use an umbrella. But I didn't want it to rain. I did not want it to rain. And I kept talking to the weather. And I kept believing God. And I kept saying, Lord, I just want the skies to be beautiful. I want it to be perfect. I do not want to deal with the mud. We did that for his mother's uh, funeral. I just didn't want to deal with it here. And so the weather patterns changed. And I'll never forget my, one of my family members sent me a text and said, Glory be to God, the weather has changed. And I'll never forget when I, my, we did the service there and we're getting ready to lower the body in the ground and all that kind of stuff. And... Um, I just had this moment where I looked up and the beauty from that position across that cemetery, that open blue sky, the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of God, 
The faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God. When you trust Him, you stay devoted to Him. I mean, I could all the way up to the funeral said, oh, it's just going to rain and just complained and, you know, whatever and griped or whatever and got in self-pity. How many of us get in self-pity? Oh, my gosh, you know, I'm going to get a chocolate bar or get me a Debbie cake or something. You know, I'm going to get in self-pity or whatever. You know, woo, is me, you know. And uh, I said, no, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to give it my very best and I'm going to trust you. And uh, how God turns situations around, ladies and gentlemen. How beautiful the Lord is in trusting Him. But it comes to me in a daily devotion. I mean, I just refuse to give up my personal relationship with God, regardless of the pressure. There are times I've not felt like wanting to do it. There's times where I've had to battle through it. But I want to leave you with this. I have pressed through, and there are many times I thank God for this beautiful technology of having people either read the Bible to me or preach at me. Thank God for it. I'll never forget, i close with this story. One time I was real discouraged. I was over in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And man, I've been traveling weekend after weekend, and I don't encourage that for anybody. I was traveling, doing church after church, and I was just tired. And I'm in this hotel room, and I just actually had a night off. I thank God. It was Terry Matthews Church, a large church in Albuquerque. I had the night off, and I was going to be there the next morning, but I was just drained out. And I said, Lord, I've got nothing to give because there's nothing inside me to, to give. Anyway, I'll never forget, I put on T.D. Jakes. I just started walking the room, the hotel room, you know, just sort of walking, you know, just to me walking is, you know, sort of a stress reliever. I just walking in the room and just just praying and just, start, just, just walking. I was just walking. And I listened to one message, and I listened to two messages, and I listened to three messages. And that man so inspired me. He preached me from being low to high. I'm telling you what, I wanted to go out and get me a suit with about 5,000 buttons on it like he has and walk like he has. You know, I was just, it just, it just, it just built me up on the inside that preaching did for about three hours. And that next day I did two services and that is the greatest preaching I've ever done in the history of my, my ministry of traveling. I mean, people by the hundreds, this church was a large church, people by the hundreds could not, they ordered those at the time, this is for you that don't relate to that, CDs, if you'll remember that, we did have those a little bit ago for you that are so indebted to your phone. We had what they call CDs, and my CD sales were just the highest they'd ever been, all because a man said, Lord, I'm just going to let faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, and I'm going to let the supernatural preaching of the gift of preaching just just influenced me and it did and changed my life and it's changed my life to this day. That's why I listen to someone preaching at me constantly when I'm either getting up in the morning or going to bed or in the car. I mean, it's nothing wrong with listening to sports talk. Now that the Cowboys are not doing anything, at least for another nine months, there's plenty to listen to, okay? And so uh, you can listen to that, but I'll listen to let God speak into me. Five minutes of hearing God's word is greater than 25 minutes of hearing fear, worry, and doubt. And when you get strong on the inside, you can fight anything on the outside.